I was expecting you. Today, tomorrow, yesterday. It was only a matter of time. Welcome to John Adams High, where you are gonna die, that's right. Hey, little bro, life's tough, get a helmet. They just shot the neighbor! The banger! Well, Sean, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're kind of a babe. The Secret of Life by Plays with Squirrels. Underpants. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I love the Feeney call. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Feeney Podcast. I'm Josh. With me is Jacqueline. We're going to talk about the great episode, Life Lessons, here in Season 3. What's going on, Jacqueline? Not much. Excited for some Boy Meets World action and some... Very Feeny words of wisdom this week. Yes. Got lots of Feeny wisdom coming up in the next few episodes. We're nearing the end of season three, and that will take us to almost the halfway point of the series. So we're we're really busting through these. The kids are growing up. Things are happening. But before we dive into this episode, I need to point out a glaring typo. I'm not sure if you picked up on this or not. No, typo. Well... As I go to Disney, which is where I watch all of these episodes, Disney gives you a little blurb underneath each episode, and they're not good. As you know, you read one of the synopses from somewhere, and they're always bad. I usually eliminate Disney right away because they're generally terrible. And in this case, it just says, Corey and Sean learn that Feeney was right about studying, which again is terrible, could probably be the, the description of every episode, but right. the glaring typo here is that they spell Feeny, F-E-E-N-E-Y. They spell Feeny wrong? They spelled Feeny's name wrong in the description of this episode. I gotta, I gotta look at this. I'm pulling up my Disney Plus app, Life Lessons. Oh my gosh, they definitely... Oh, now I'm just playing the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, they spelled Feeny wrong. Which I'm looking through the other. So they say they spell Feeny in the description in episode six, where Eric bribes Feeny to go to college. That's the only other time I'm seeing his name in this season. But it is. Yeah, Man, it's of, a typo. So all who do names, we write to about this? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who's the CEO of Disney? Of all mm. the names to spell. Okay, they spelled it correctly for episode six. I mean, right. they don't spell Topanga wrong. <laughs> they spell Sean with the correct S-H-A-W-N. Somebody get Bob Chapak on the uh, on the line. He's kind of busy. Disney. He's busy fighting with Ron DeSantis at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so this might not be his top priority. Yeah, wow, that's, that's fair. That's a real bummer. I knew their I knew their descriptions were bad, but I didn't know that they were so negligent as well. Mm, that's so disappointing. This is, I'm going to make it my mission here before season three is over to get this typo corrected. Dude, if you can do that, I will buy you a coffee. Excellent. I don't <laughs> drink coffee, but I'll definitely take a fountain Coke from McDonald's. You, you got it. I'll buy you a Jimmy Cone when you're here in, in Maryland. <laughs> you know, they have dairy free now. Have I told you this? I think, I think you said that. Yeah. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. It's good stuff. We just got some. Oh. I used to as a child, we're going to digress. We'll we'll get back here in a minute. Don't worry. 
I used to love the Borsan like cheese dips. Those, you know, the like cream cheese tubs, B-O-U-R-S-I-N. They've got like the urban cheese and like, they're just like cheesy spreads, right? Okay. And I would like take a box of crackers or Triscuits or something and I would house an entire container in a sitting. Like it is very good. And I haven't had it in many, many years due to being lactose intolerant. And Trader Joe's sells a dairy-free version, and it was bomb. It was so good. I'm so happy for you. I don't think I've ever experienced this cheese. I definitely recognize the packaging. Mm -hmm. But so, I mean, I'm going to have to buy some next time I'm at the grocery store. It's over in the deli, you know, in that like where all the hummus and Yeah, 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 yeah. It's over there. All right. I'll check it out. I have rarely met a cheese that I didn't like. So, yeah, that that stuff's so good. So that was a very exciting find this weekend. But speaking of cheese, let's get back to Boy Meets World. Am I right? Great transition. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So our episode this week is Life Lessons, Season Mm -hmm. 3, Episode 18, aired February 23rd, 1996, directed by Jeff McCracken. IMDb synopsis, tensions run high as exam week looms near when Mr. Feeney, with no E, refuses to alter the exam schedule, a group of thugs trash his house. I love when they just introduce a bunch of new characters out of nowhere and plug them right into everybody's class. Yeah, absolute madness. There's a scene where Corey is saying, guys, we got a problem here. But and he's like he's talking to a group of people, but there's no one even there, like other than Sean and Topanga. <laughs> but there's all these like empty lunch trays. And I'm like, they're really trying to convince us that like they talk to anyone other than each other. Yeah. Anyway, my synopsis. Corey tries to rally the students in protest of Mr. Feeney's challenging final exam schedule, but some of the students have less peaceful protest tactics in mind. Also, Eric dates a 27-year-old woman. <laughs> uh, that's really on her. That's all on her. <laughs> we'll get to it, but uh, the whole thing is pretty messed up. <laughs> I... Guess Frankie and Joey were not available for a run of episodes here because this is prime, like Joey, Frankie, bad boy. Like they they would have plugged into this episode very easily. I I guess, but Joey and Frankie don't care when the final exams are because they're not going to take them. So what are they? What do they care? They're not going to protest anything. That's fair enough, I suppose. I just we're really we're missing like a Harley Kiner. Yeah, they have like off-brand like yeah. the Wish version of Harley Kiner <laughs> showing up in his leather jacket and his name is Denny because I guess the name Danny was already taken, I don't know. As you mentioned, we start off basically talking about these final schedules. That is something that exists in college. I know that they were <laughs> not like, in high school. No. No, you've got like set times to take your finals and some days are heavy and some days are light kind of luck of the draw but in high school you kind of just like either take a final test like during your regularly scheduled class and like it's kind of just spread out or you don't even really have like finals finals maybe like final projects and stuff but this is a little bit of a stretch yeah it's definitely very college like we have the teacher posting the schedule up on the bulletin never seen her before 
Nope. And it's very all very analog. The uh, exam schedule goes up on the wall. And they the students are horrified when they see that they have their English, chemistry, and history finals all on the same day. Definitely not a thing. You would show up to class in your normal block schedule. And if you had a final that day, you would take the final. And like maybe two would fall on the same day. But there was no like final exam schedule. Also, there are what, four or five more episodes this season, which seemingly, unless it's going to spill into the summer, means that there are some days left in school. So this finals season seems to be happening kind of early into the semester. It's pretty weird, but I was thinking about it, and I remembered that in high school, at winter break was not the end of the first semester. You would come back from winter break and first semester would actually end in like January or February. And then you would like reset and you would switch your classes for the second. Like there were some classes that you took for the whole year and there were some classes that like the semester would end. I don't, I don't really remember. But so I just had to keep telling myself that this was just like the end of the first semester because they're all wearing like winter clothes. It's clearly supposed to be winter. And the season is going to continue with them in school. So it's it's not like gearing up for summer break here. Yeah, that's fair. I did immediately notice Ham from the Sandlot. He's a hard man yeah. to miss in the background and is easily the most famous, at least for me, uh, of all of the new characters we get introduced here. Yes. Topanga is back in this scene. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen her in a, in a little bit, really. And she's wearing some excellent vertical striped overalls. She looks great. She tells Corey, don't even call me for the next two weeks because she's going to be studying. I thought they had broken up, but that sounds like a pretty couple thing to say. So, again, a little confused about like the timeline placement of this episode, but I guess they're still talking on the phone, even though they're broken up. But yeah, as you mentioned, suddenly there's a bunch of six foot tall leather jacket wearing rough looking guys in the hallway and they hate this final schedule. And that's where we see Ham from the Sandlot. For those of you not familiar, he is the freckly kid with curly red hair, also from the big green, that like mm-hmm. kid soccer movie. So he is, yeah, very distinctive looking. Yeah, he is. Biggest role was clearly the Sandlot. Um, big green, as you mentioned, did some TV. He's actually big on TikTok now, is uh, making a lot of videos, a lot of them like kind of throwback 90s videos and, and references to his old roles, but uh, is is pretty funny on there. We might as well kind of talk about a couple of the other folks that we get here. We've got Ian Bowen as Denny, and he's been in a ton of things, but most recently kind of has a breakout role in the show Yellowstone. Yeah, I have not watched Yellowstone. I've heard that it's really good and I do want to watch it, um, but he's got like he seems to be a main recurring character on that show. So that's like a pretty big break on a very successful show. One of the other thugs is Aaron Michael Mechik, who personally I recognized immediately from the 1995 The Babysitter's Club movie. Mm. I believe he spends that whole movie trying to seduce Larissa Olnek, who was just in an episode like last week. So that's a pretty interesting crossover. I just... These guys seem like so much older and larger than everyone else in the scene. Like they picked these tall, big dudes. 
Yeah, which, like, again, they are, like, Corey and Sean and Topanga are the young ones in this school, and they very well could have just been older students like Eric's age who are 18, and, like, there were some old-looking 18-year-olds when we were in high school, too, but then we see them all in class together later, so what's right. the they, deal? They're definitely, like, supposed to be classmates, and I guess, like, these guys have been in school all along, and you just forgot, and all of Sean's girlfriends are just gone for some reason, and they've been replaced by this gang of thugs. Yeah. So anyway, everyone's really grouchy about this exam schedule, but Corey tries to be the leader, the voice of reason, and he says, hey, guys, there's no issue here. We're just going to spend the next two weeks studying and we'll be fine. And then, of course, the camera immediately cuts to clips of Corey and Sean watching TV in various locations, like with their books nearby, but not studying. Yeah, montage of just them not studying, not surprising. And eventually the the crowd starts to get a little rowdy at school. They're really unhappy about this. Turner kind of interjects and he's like, you know what? Like, you guys do maybe have a point. Like, maybe it isn't fair to group all of these together. Why don't one of you elect a leader, send him in, go talk to Feeney. He's a reasonable man. He'll hear you out. And kind of by accident, Corey gets chosen as the leader. So he's going to go see if he can negotiate with Feeney. Corey and Sean, after their stint of not studying, they realize that the exams are now two days away instead of two weeks away. They're totally panicked and they decide that this sadistic final schedule is the work of an evil mastermind also known as Mr. Feeney. And as they're like talking about this, those thugs come back and they suggest that they have to get rid of Feeney because that's the only way to get through this. And of course, this is where the episode takes a dark turn and the gang all plots a murder together. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Corey, once again, does one of his lunchroom speeches and, you know, one of his favorite things to do in seasons one and two as well. Uh, but and yeah, he gets the students all organized. Then for some reason, they approach Mr. Turner. But Turner brings the issue to Feeney. And Turner is like debating with Feeney about this and kind of backing up the students a little bit. Like they're going to take all the tests. Why can't we just spread them out a little bit? Why do they all have to be on the same day? But Feeney's not backing down. Yeah, he doesn't really have an answer for Mr. Turner other than like, that's the way it's going to be. And that's what the kids need to do. So again, Turner kind of is agreeing with the kids, but doesn't really want to get involved, it seems like. So he's like, all right, you guys send someone in. They send Corey in. And of course, Corey fails pretty, pretty instantly. And when he has to go back out and face the group of rowdy kids... They are not happy, and they even kind of persuade Sean to join their cause. Corey really doesn't even plead their case. He basically is just like, come on, Mr. Feeney, give me a solid. Like, he doesn't actually present any arguments for why changing the schedule would be beneficial, other than, like, I want to and please do it for me. But, yeah, this is when the trouble starts. The thug leader, Denny, is now taking matters into his own hands And he tells all the students, it's time to give Feeney some payback. And I thought Mr. Turner was standing there listening to all this, but I guess he's uh, got his ears closed because this student is like, we're going to go get him. And then they all run out of the school. And we don't really know what he means, but Sean is going with him. And Corey obviously disapproves of Sean, like going and following this guy. 
Yeah, and we're going to cut to, I guess, later that night. Obviously, Corey lives next to Mr. Feeney, and he's kind of hearing some weird noises next door. When he looks out the window, Mr. Feeney's house is covered in toilet paper, shaving cream, eggs, and to top it all off, one of the windows is smashed. Yeah, broken window is pretty extreme. That goes beyond like prank to actual like destruction of property. So Corey, the look on his face, he is very upset, very guilty. Mr. Feeney's clearly upset. Um, You know, Corey's home alone. He comes home. It's late. The house is dark. I think we're supposed to believe that he was at the library, like finally studying. And the next day, Corey approaches Mr. Feeney after class and he tells him he had nothing to do with what happened the other night. He was studying, but then he still takes this opportunity to try to appeal to Feeney once again to change the final exam schedule. Like, yeah, read the room. Yeah. He's like, come on, like. People are really mad. Can't you see how mad they are now? Like, <laughs> Right. It's so bad. It is bad. And Feeney's kind of having a crisis. He has never had it this bad with students before and kind of talks that like at the beginning of his career, he was able to reach most students and there were only a few bad seeds. And then that number and that proportion has slowly gotten flipped around. And at this point, he just really doesn't think he can do it anymore. One Somewhat confusing plot point here is that Mr. Feeney is also the principal and like probably should just retire from teaching and focus on being the principal, like doing both of those roles at once isn't really serving anyone any good, but that's not mentioned at all. Right. Well, I think they need to just hire him as the principal rather than I think he's still like the acting principal. Mm -hmm. So like either make him the principal Or hire another principal. This is crazy. You can't have someone doing both of these jobs. However, in this scene, this is where Feeney finally actually explains why he makes the final exam schedule the way he does. He thinks that putting the students under just a little bit of extra pressure helps them really retain the information and uh, make it really sink in so they can use it later in life. I'm not sure if I really agree with that, but... That's what Mr. Feeney's going with. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, whatever. It's fine. That's, it's three tests in one day. Like, it's a lot, but get over it. If you know the material, you know the material. Remember doing the MSPAP test in elementary school? Sure do. It was like that all, that like three day, all day test, and they would bring us cookies and milk. I remember being the testing coordinator for the MSA, which was the new version of that. And, having to organize the test for all 300 third, fourth, and fifth graders in the school. Did they get milk and cookies? Uh, we had snacks. We had snacks for the kids every day, made it a big deal, gave them little mints and told them that it would like turn their brains power up and yeah, all sorts of tricks to get the kids to take the test. But of course, some of the kids were still pretty nervous. And I had one girl who actually threw up on her test book, but because it's like official testing materials, and they take cheating very seriously. You have to like take the book with the puke on it. You can't just throw it away. You have to like put it into a plastic baggie and send it back in a separate box uh. along with all of the other ones because every book needs to be accounted for. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, what's worse than the person who has to bag that up is the person that then has to unbox <laughs> it at the other end after it's been in the mail. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. But yeah, three tests in one day. Not ideal, but to Feeney's point, 
you have been in these classes all semester. You have known about the exams for two weeks. This is not a surprise. Prepare. You have time to prepare. But now it's two days away and Corey is trying to get him to change everything up. Well, I guess it's one day away now. But anyway, this is where Denny and his gang of the kid from the Sandlot and the other guy show up. And they tell Feeney, if he doesn't change the exam schedule, that they're not going to show up. Not sure kind of what kind of threat they think this <laughs> is, because if you don't show up for a test, uh, you just fail. It doesn't really affect the teacher in any way. Which is what Feeney tells them. And then they huff and puff off like, oh, man, I didn't see that <laughs> one coming. Yeah. Did you think that was going to work? Like, oh, no, they're not going to show up. Like, I, I mean, anyway. Corey now confronts Sean mm -hmm. about this whole thing. Those guys are sort of bragging about how they trashed Feeney's house. You know, Corey is like, Sean, I can't believe you're going along with these guys. Sean said he wasn't with them. He didn't have anything to do with the vandalism. But Corey's like, you knew that they were doing that and you didn't try to stop them. So, like, you're just as responsible. And Sean, of course, counters with you're the one who started this whole thing. And Corey admits that he's also to blame for kind of getting everybody riled up about these exams. Yeah, I thought this was going to turn into a fight, but Corey kind of does the mature thing here and accepts his part of the blame and responsibility. And they kind of just look at each other and, and need to figure out what's going to be next because they know that the bad boy club is going to escalate this somehow and they don't want to be a part of that. Right. So Turner comes over to Feeney's trashed house. I guess Feeney told yeah, good timing. Corey. Yeah, <laughs> Feeney told Corey about the retirement. So I guess the news is sort of like going around the school. And he decides to come talk him out of retiring. He, uh, you know, Alan's there helping him clean up. There's crap everywhere. And Feeney says, you know, I used to love teaching. I'm not seeing the results anymore. I don't think I'm making a difference. And he's just super discouraged. And he basically tells Jonathan, like, you're not going to talk me out of this and sort of just like walks away from the conversation. So Mr. Feeney is feeling really down in the dumps over this whole thing. Yeah. Turner doesn't even, Turner's usually pretty good at talking some sense into people, but he, even he's got nothing for Feeney in this moment. So, yeah, you know, Corey's kind of decided here, I got one day, I might as well make the most of it and start studying. So he's, he's got Topanga over great study, buddy. If you're going to learn something from anyone, it's going to be Topanga. And we get my favorite line of the episode where Topanga asks Corey. So tell me about the great Gatsby. The best hockey player of all time. <laughs> Next. <laughs> uh, I also liked an earlier scene where Corey was talking to Mr. Turner about the exam schedule. And he said, this is too stressful. People are starting to crack. And Topanga yeah. walks by like chanting the periodic table. And he's like, and she's not even in chemistry. <laughs> um, so Topanga has clearly been taking her studies very seriously. But Corey, not so much. But right at this moment, Sean runs into the Matthews kitchen all out of breath. And he tells them that Denny and his gang are at the school and they're up to something something bad yeah so they they show up to the school and they're tr they're trashing the school they're spray painting the walls they're throwing trash around they've got the bolt cutters out and i guess their goal is they're gonna go in and steal the final exams and then they won't have to take them because if they don't exist then they can't create a new version 
Yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. I mean, this mm -hmm. is the uh, the analog age. You know, Feeney hand wrote every single one of those individual tests, and there's no way that he has it saved somewhere and can't print more of them. So if they just delete the copies, it basically deletes the existence of the entire class, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's 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 what um, they're concerned too. So they're gonna go break in here. Corey threatens to call the cops, but uh, Sean says there's no time. So <laughs> so stupid. Like, yeah, Corey's like, we gotta call the cops, and I'm like, yeah, Corey, you do. Like, you're witnessing probably should have called them before you got there. Here, right? Like, Sean, <laughs> what are you doing? And Sean's like, no, man. Like, this is my school. We gotta stand up. So they like walk in there, and they're just trying to defuse the situation. And Topanga comes in with the hotline of, why don't you guys just try studying? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, Topanga, just take a seat. Just, you know, go, you go find a payphone and call they the cops. They kind of did Topanga dirty by making her say that line, to be honest. <laughs> Why don't you say Jenny? Shut up, Topanga. We're here to trash the school. We don't need your advice. But they confront the gang. And, you know, then Corey gets to drop some of his, like, Feeny knowledge on them, like, Mr. Feeney's only, he cares about you. He's making the test hard to try to get you to retain knowledge. And then Sean drops this really impressive line about the freedom of assembly and how he's going to call the cops because they broke the law. And that's when we find out Mr. Feeney is actually overhearing all of this because he was at school late and he, I guess, heard some commotion and he came outside and he sees this all going down. Of course, all the, the bad kids mm -hmm. scatter as soon as Feeney shows up. But he overheard all this, and I think it helped him to realize that he uh, he really has made a difference because he's gotten through to Corey and Sean, and they've both learned something from him, even though they're not A-plus students. Why are you defending him? What has he ever done for you? You see those bolt cutters in your hands? Yeah, what about them? Well, you see how I don't have any in mine? Yeah. So? That's what he's done for me. Breaking down the door to take your finals, Mr. Burgess. So, Mr. Hunter, you do listen in class sometimes, hmm? Yeah, well, you know, some days you're talking so much I can't really sleep. The scene is actually pretty funny. Corey, like, you know, it's a good pokes, scene. The, pokes the guy in the forehead and everything. He's like, <laughs> he's trying to get the knowledge into your head. And it's pretty funny. But then, you know, Feeney tells them, oh, if you think these exams are hard... You wait until next year, and then they realize, oh, he's not going to retire. He changed his mind, and then we have a touching moment as they help Feeney clean up the mess outside the school. Uh, but for real, you guys should call the cops because those kids did a ton of graffiti and property destruction, and that's a lot of money and damages, and you should probably call the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those kids need to go to juvie for sure, like, for sure. I'm not saying they need to go to juvie, but they need to at least be like – you got to do some scared straight, maybe some suspensions or something. I don't know. You can't go around doing graffiti. That's crazy. That's a crime. That's a crime. Why don't you just try studying? <laughs> Thanks to Panga. <laughs> <laughs> open a book for once in your life. <laughs> for some reason in our post credit scene, we're going to go back to the old, we're like, post up these grades right here on this wall and everyone can see everyone's grades. And That's not a thing. Not That's a thing. not a thing anywhere. And I'm not really sure why Topanga, it's obviously for the joke, which is a little bit funny because she's reading out grades and she goes, C, 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 D. And then Sean goes, wow, Topanga, you did lousy. 
And then she goes, those are your grades, Sean. Ha ha ha. But seriously, why are you reading Sean's grades out loud in front of everyone? Also, Sean is psyched about those grades. Oh, yeah. He's pretty happy. He thought Topanga did poorly. But when he hears that those are his grades, he's stoked. And Corey's grades are B, B, B minus, C plus B, um, which, again, I don't know about you guys out there, but we did not have pluses and minuses in high school. That was really not a thing. Um, But Corey did. Not too bad. Acceptable? Yeah, not too bad. I'm sure his parents are fine with that, especially compared to like what Eric used to get. So. Oh, I can't imagine getting a C plus on a final exam. That really gives me heartburn thinking about that. Yeah. Well, you don't go to John Adams High. You don't never had to take a Feeney test. You're right. Those being the with the multiple choices Still that go up to Z. Z. Yeah. <laughs> ha ha. So they say studying's the way to go, and then he's like, "Follow me. We'll study." And then they all end up watching TV again. Ha 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 ha. What's uh? There's nothing to study for. Finals are over. Enjoy the start of an, a new semester, and uh, yeah, take a break. Take a break. I guess we're ready for our weird ass Eric side plot. Yeah, I. This is this is a strange one. And it starts pretty late in the episode. It's actually not until the fourth scene where uh, we get anything to do with Eric. And he's hanging out in the living room. And a woman shows up. She's got a great little like red skirt suit on. She's got nice bright red hair. And uh, Eric welcomes her in. Not really sure why she's there, but he's into it. Yeah, he doesn't so much welcome her in as he opens the door to find this lovely redhead there and she introduces herself as Brenda and she just basically like kind of walks into the house. In, yeah. Yeah, she's just like clearly I'm expected here. I'm going to enter. She takes off her coat. Eric has no idea what's going on, but as soon as he hears the name Brenda, it clicks and he's like, "Oh, you obviously didn't get the message." And she's like, "Did Amy leave me a message?" And he's like, Yes, Alan and Amy had car trouble. They had to cancel their your plans this evening. And instead of immediately leaving, very strange thing happens. She just kind of like, oh, well, I guess it's just you and me and like continues to let herself into the house. And Eric is confused. The audience doesn't really know what's going on with this woman. She's acting weird. She's like flirting with Eric. Mm-hmm. And then we get the big joke. She sees the family photo up on the mantle and realizes that she is, in fact, flirting with Amy's teenage son and not the man she thought she was being set up with this evening, Jonathan Turner. Yeah, she feels about eight seconds of embarrassment before Eric kind of tries to get something out of this. And then she completely reverses course and agrees to go out to dinner. Eric is pretty smooth with his line here. And instead of just saying, no, you're a child, goodbye, she's like, well, I got the skirt on, so might as well go to dinner. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, my my parents, they already canceled with Jonathan. We both need to eat. Let's go get a bite. She doesn't even ask him how old he is. Nope. You know he's in high school. He's up in the mantle in the family photo. He's living at home. He, like literally does not even make sure that he's 18, which of course we, the audience, we do know that he is 18. He just turned 18 a couple episodes ago, but she should really confirm that information. Yeah. We're going to find out in the only other real scene that exists between these two in this episode that Brenda's 27, which is a little bit younger than I was expecting because Amy's obviously a little bit older than that and they're friends from work. But 
27 is just not cool with Amy when they finally realize that Erickson, he says he's in love. They realize it's Brenda. Amy is not cool with this. You can't date my coworker who's nine years older than you. And in typical like mid nineties dad fashion, Alan's kind of into it. Yeah. Amy's furious. I was trying to set him up with Jonathan. She's too old for you, too sophisticated, too experienced. But Alan is like, take my wallet, take my keys, go get them. Like he just thinks this whole thing is hilarious and is like sort of proud of Eric, I guess, for like bagging this older woman. Eric is wearing a ridiculously oversized 90s suit. Mm -hmm. You know that he just went to Calvin Klein and he picked out the suit with the biggest shoulder pads he could find. Uh, So he is taking Brenda out on the town this evening and Amy really can't force him to dump Brenda. So Eric's going to go through with this date. But it turns out that Amy may have a point because despite his George Clooney oversized suit and turtleneck combo, he has brought Brenda to Chubby's for their date. Yeah, she probably realized this was never going to end well for Eric <laughs> and uh, let him learn his own lesson here. So as you said, he's dressed up very fancy. So is she. They're in a booth at Chubby's. And despite the fact that they've already kind of been through this rigmarole before, because we assume that they went out to had dinner the first time they met, and then she agreed to a second date somehow. So Eric did something right on the first date, but very, very quickly into this date, we realize they have nothing in common. She travels to Europe and he's never left the state, blah, blah, blah. This isn't going to work. And they both realize that very quickly. Yeah. Worth noting that Brenda looks like the Riddler in a lime green suit. So she looks great. Yeah, the two of them are trying to chat, but it's not working out. In Brenda's defense, you know, the first date was very spontaneous, very like, oh, I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I'm doing this thing. You know, you're chatting like, oh, how do you know my mom? When you go to school, blah, blah, blah. So I could see how they could like fill up a first like very spontaneous date and then like hit a wall pretty quickly when they try to like dig any deeper past that. But also at the same time, don't date uh, an 18 year old when you are a damn near 30 year old woman. But, you know, try to chat. It's not working out. They're not matching up on anything. She hates chubbies. She's like, why did you bring me to this weird place with no waiters and like a bunch of kids playing ping- pinball in the corner? Um, so Eric is like very discouraged just when Turner walks in to save the day and save Eric from this terrible date because he is about to introduce Turner to Brenda and just kind of excuse himself from this whole situation. Yeah. Brenda played by Lisa Aki or Aki, A-K-E-Y. A lot of one-off TV shows, nothing crazy, but she does a good job in this episode and she and Turner are going to go off on a date and they are a much better match because they've both traveled to Europe and are both grown adults who have had life experiences and uh, Eric's going to, she's going to ask Christy if she's ever been to Europe and then she says, no, but I've been to Pittsburgh, perfect match. You may recognize Christy. Uh, she's credited as Christy with a Y in this episode. And last season, she played Christy with an I, a different character. <laughs> yes, I did. I did recognize her face from a past episode. Apparently, the benchmark for being 
grown up and sophisticated in 1996 in Boy Meets World Land is just, have you been to Europe? Mm -hmm. So if you can answer that question with a yes, then Brenda will go out with you. That's really all it takes. But you remember Eric almost went to Europe because he was going to go on that trip with Jason to Europe over the summer, but uh, didn't have his grades where they needed to be. And so he, uh, his parents wouldn't let him go, but almost. Yeah, well, I think if he had just let that uh, that uh, TA cheat for oh, him, like, yeah. he would have been... He would have been going to Europe, but I guess it didn't work out. Guess not. So there we are. We've got Corey and Sean and Topanga bonding together with Feeney, standing up for their teacher. Feeney dropping some life lessons. And I suppose Eric learned a life lesson to go after someone his own age. Great, great life <laughs> lessons all around. Studying is important and don't date someone nine years older than you when you are a teenager. Yeah. Good stuff. That's going to do it for us here. You know where to follow us, find us, Instagram, Feeny Podcast, FeenyPodcast.com. We've got all of the latest news and updates related to the 90s TV world, related to Boy Meets World. Lots of good stuff on there. So check us out. Give us a follow and keep listening. We've got a few more episodes left this season. Thank you, Feeny fans. See you next time. Find his keepers, a loser's weepers. <laughs>